I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's time to strap in and get ready. The leaders in NRL Supercoach are incoming. Bringing you the ultimate insight to help you win your leagues and climb up the rankings. You're now listening to the Insight NRL Show with your hosts, Brain, Matrix, and Whisperer. Huge welcome to the very first for this season, the Inside NRL show. I am the Super Coach Brain, and I've got my co-hosts with me tonight. You will recognise the Super Coach Matrix, Maddie. Hey, go, mate. You doing well? Oh, mate. Yeah, I just got back from a Phoenix Suns watch party of all places. I tell you what, Drew Eubanks in the house. Um, <laughs> yeah, they got they got pumped. I was the youngest by about ten years. Um, they they handed out a KD jersey, and I didn't win it. But I tell you what, the beers were cold. And um, I hear, hear the rosé was cold too, so. Yeah, uh, and don't pretend like you didn't have the rosé. I've heard you've had a few glasses, mate. You can't hide from that. But uh, yeah, you never turn down a drop of alcohol, would you? But, uh, you know, I say that you'd recognise Maddie and I, but I'm sure you'd recognise this man a little bit more. Uh, Josh, Supercoach Whisperer, welcome to the show, mate. Very excited to have you on. It's going to be a good year. Some some look at retirement. This is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> You've already uh, copped no, a little I, bit on uh, on Twitter for the for the lack of retirement, haven't you? Yeah, uh, call me John Farnham. Um, no, look, honestly, <laughs> when the opportunity came up, I couldn't turn it down. Um, but no, I'm actually really happy to be here. Like for once, and I think the listeners like will understand this. I feel like there's no like weight on my shoulder anymore to like be the figure of a podcast. So it's really nice to sit back with a beer and just talk absolute waffle in effectively what is mid mid December. We have ripped the the, the lids off very early. <laughs> But uh, wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, your you boys are juggling like three different sports at the moment, so it's um yeah, it's a big commitment. Yeah, it's it's a big commitment, or maybe a lack of personal life. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll decide on what that is a little bit later on. But yeah, we just love our sport, and obviously you do too. So it's a perfect fit. But um, mate, we're here to talk Insight NRL. We're here to talk NRL Supercoach in the lead up to the season, and the team picker has just dropped 
So we're going to talk through our teams tonight. We're going to go through our, our initial thoughts, basically, on what we're thinking around these prices, around these players, around the positions, who's got jewels, who doesn't, who are the nice little pickups to start the season as well that you probably should be considering. So we're going to share all of our team picker teams. There'll be a few double ups as well, which will be good. I'm sure we're on the same wavelength with most. But uh, if you haven't yet, hit subscribe, hit, hit like if you like the content. If you're listening to us on audio, you can also hit follow and leave us a review. We would appreciate it. And you're probably wondering what's coming on the podcast in 2024. And it's much of the same from last season, except we're going to level up a little bit. We're going to bring you weekly shows for the next month or so. So you're going to find us kind of tapping into some team previews, uh, giving our thoughts on the good pod options from each team, giving our thoughts on some primos and things like that. Uh, what our predictions are leading into the season. Then we're going to ramp up from Australia Day. We're going to bring you two shows a week based on positions. We're going to deep dive into the positions, predictions for the season, trial recaps and all that kind of stuff before the season starts. And then during the season, you'll find us on Tuesday and Sunday, live in the evening after the games finish or the team list drop. So plenty coming your way very soon. But on today's show, we're going to give our initial thoughts on the team picker and reveal our first drafts. So, uh, Josh, I might throw over to you, mate. New to the show. Of course. Pressure, pressure Why on. not lead the way? It's it's funny. Obviously, you know, being as early as we are, it's probably more about structure now rather than, than specific players. And we'll talk on that. But I guess some really initial thoughts is as the game gets more attacking-minded, you know, we're seeing um, just even in NRL, like away from Supercoach teams are just putting up more points per game that's obviously going to lead to an increase of super coach averages. And we're finding that these guns are starting more expensive year on year. And obviously the, the salary cap went up this year, but it's not going up enough to compensate with the inflation. You know, it's hitting us hard in real life, but it's also hitting us hard in super coach. We've got, you know, guys like Nico Cleary, uh, Trevojevic, Drinkwater, Ponga, like they're all North of, you know, 900 K and it'd be amazing to have them all. And the old, the old adage of, you know, guns and cheapies has always sort of been there, but I don't know about you boys, but I really think this year there is a lot of value to be had in a lot of the quote-unquote fallen guns, but there was a few guys last year that had regressions due to injury or some rookies that you know aren't quite rookies that have had a little bit of taste of first grades. So they're in that mid-price category, and you can probably see a few of those there. Um, but off the top, you know we do have Reese Robson, uh, Hooker. It's, it's rough. I mean, Harry Grant is by far and away the standout, and if we can find some ways to get him in, he will be there. I don't know about you boys, but I didn't start with him round one last year. And I was very, very happy up until about the 78th minute. Um, and then he he was on about 35, 40, scrambled over for a try. And that became 80, 90. And I was a very, very salty man. But he's by far and away the best hooker. Only concern was he was... The Bellamy was experimenting with him off the bench at times last year and towards the back end. And I just feel like if I'm paying 7 seven fifty, I'd love 80 minutes. Because 80 minute hookers are a rarity in, in the NRL these days. Uh, Robson, we know he's going to be locked in for 80. He's not overly exciting. Um, but if we can find some funds to get to Grant, that'd be great. Let's have a chat about Jaden Braley. Can I ask you one early? Can I ask you one early? Yes. Why, um, why Reese Robson over Reed Marnie, man? <laughs> Mate, Reed Marnie, the absolute fraud. Uh, how many how many on this on this panel were, were suckered in by the 70 and 75 in rounds one and two last year? Yep, both of you. Lovely. Uh, yeah. Me too. So, so all three of us, uh, I watched Reed go 70 and 75, you know, traded Brandon Smith. I think he got suspended or injured in round three, and we all bought Reed Marnie in, and the bloke probably didn't score above a 25 for the remaining of the season, so that was fun. Um, but I want to have a chat about Jaden Braley because – like me living in Newcastle, but I'm not a, a Knights fan, but 
the I guess the emergence of Phoenix Crosland, he was always a bit of a a bit of a, a nobody player in no man's land. He didn't really have a set position, but Braley went down yet again with an injury. That's, you know, two major ones in three years. And the Knights looked really good. Like, you would assume Braley comes back in and plays, but the 80 minute role is no longer locked. And it's, it's, it's worrying for not worrying, but it's, it's a good problem to have, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Braley move to somewhere like, you know, St. George, they a hooker really. I mean, it'd be great if he did move because he's probably more set for 80 minutes, isn't he, if he goes? Uh, I think with what Phoenix Crossland did last year when he wasn't there, maybe that kind of hurts him a little bit. Phoenix Crossland was competent um, to a certain degree, so maybe he does just play 60. Maybe he's a 55 to 60-minute player to start the season, especially coming back from – it was an ACL, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 So if it's an ACL injury, you know, we know that the the backup from an ACL the next year is usually, it takes a while for these guys to get back into a groove. So uh, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with you. He's in my team too to start. 330K, I think it was. Like that, that's serious value when he's priced at, uh, I think he's priced at like a 42 average or something like that. And the three games that he played last year when he played 80 minutes, he got 50, 50 and 56. So you're probably going to get more often than not 50 plus from Braley if he plays his 60 to 70 minutes. I guess the minutes are just a question. What about you, Matty? Yeah, look, like Jalen, you look at people that you can get that have dropped in cash considerably and you look at that guy and Phoenix Crossland was serviceable and Newcastle are paying Phoenix Crossland like is 150K and they're paying Braley 550K. So he is going to play the minutes as long as he's in Newcastle. And if he gets traded away or if somebody else like St. George or someone takes him, they're still going to be paying a considerable fun, uh, funds for this guy. So he's going to play those minutes wherever he goes. And I think, you know, yes, he's coming back from an injury and yes, he might not score that well. But for 330K, it's a risk that I can't not play. Yeah, it's also worth the- noting to, to get – when we talk about what players are priced at, take their price and divide it by – uh, 10,200 effectively. Um, so Bradley actually comes in at 32. That's what he's priced at. And even at yeah, 60 well. minutes at a 0.5 PPM, that's break even. In saying that though, if you are put off by, um, you know, Bradley's injury, there are some other guys, Sam Verrill's, you know, I'm pretty keen on for, for a bit of a bounce back. Um, you also have Braden Hands who, or, or also Joey Lussick, whoever does win that start, you would expect to play, you know, a 60-20 split. So there are definitely some options there, but I think a non-negotiable, just based off the mid-rangers. I remember last year, you had guys like Ryan Sutton. You had guys like uh, Daniel Saifidi, I think, was pretty popular last year. Like There was a few mid-range front row Christian forwards. Christian Welch. Christian Welch was another one. Yeah, exactly. There was a few of these mid-range front row forwards that people uh, relied upon. I'm not seeing that this year. There's a couple of cheaper guys, but I think that just instills that you have to go one of the two big guns in Payne Haas or Tino Fass or Malawi. Now, I haven't started with Payne Haas in round one since 2019 when he was a rookie. So this is the first time I've, I've really considered it, but I just think him or Tino, they are by far and away the best. It's not a sexy position, but you know that they're going to be there all year round. And when building your team, if you can minimize the amount of trades you have to make down the line, obviously it helps come round 27. Is Payne Haas going to be in your side? Most likely. So I'm just trying to, to avoid you know any kind of unnecessary trade. It'll be him or Tino unless someone in trials really impresses me, but these mid-range front row forwards that just shoot up the the rankings and the hype train never really pan out. Um, we do have a couple other cheapy, cheapy guys. Uh, I've written here in the notes, 
you've obviously got Fletcher Baker who has moved from the Roosters to the Broncos. Now you've got Tom Flegler um, has left to the Dolphins. Now he's probably the only mid-range front row forward that I do like. So someone's going to have to take that role, um, whether it might be a Keenan Palacia, whether, whether it may be a Fletcher Baker. Um, there's someone else that I'm not thinking about as well, but one of them will get the spot. And even at you know, 40, 45 minutes, front row forwards generally have a pretty decent PPM and you know he's priced at, a, at about a 30 average. So definitely worth a look. Um, Spencer Lenu, I think people are going to you know flock to him. I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time talking about these really hyped guys because they're hyped for a reason. But Lenu... We've always thought, we've, boys, we've always sort of toyed with him. Every year we see him at the Panthers, he's always 230 to 300K. And we're always like, oh, well, if he, if he gets the minutes, yeah, he'll be, he'll be heaps good. But I think this year is the year that he will get the minutes. Um, the Roosters have always been sort of low in the middle. Uh, but in saying that, they've got a bunch of back rowers that Trent Robinson's trying to convert to, you know, middle. So definitely one to monitor there. And uh, preseason favorite from last year, Dave Mowali somehow manages to find his way back into my side. <laughs> Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jed Cartwright's moved on. Um, you've got Mark, not Mark Nichols. You've got, you know, Burgess getting older. It's, you know, Moali's had an, he's now at a full season under his belt. You don't expect a front row forward to hit the ground running unless you are Payne Haas in your rookie year. But, you know, price it pretty much near, near enough bottom dollar. Do we roll the, the dice again? There's not much to lose, really. And there's not many other options at that price, is there, in the front row? You kind of no, have to just go, right. look, we, we saw what we saw from him last year. Surely he takes a natural step forward. Yeah, and that that's kind of what you go with. Uh, Matty, there's a couple of Broncos in the front row for Josh. Any thoughts here? I think Kobe Hetherington may be another option there that uh, we weren't talking about. Yeah, there's talks of him playing a little bit more in the middle. Um, Kobe, Heather- Kobe Hetherington's always been really good uh, from what I've seen, of course, just being behind Paddy, but... They've sort of alluded in some of their chats that maybe um, maybe a little bit of a role change could could help both those guys out. So I think if I it think, doesn't think, work out at the start, start of the year, they'll move back. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we start with a Bronco. Absolutely. It's just it's just is it Kobe or is it is it Baker? Uh, and I've just gone with Baker right now because he, I think he's more expensive. So it's always easier. And that's just a tip out there. If you're tossing up between player A and player B in this early of the preseason, always go the more expensive player. It's much more easier to free up funds. Um, um, boys, two, don't two mind RF. me as well. Sorry, Kobe Hetherington's a second rower only this year, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah. might be a conversation in the next line. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still think we start with one of them, but but to RF this year, we are blessed with you know bulk of value. The only downside is there's probably six, seven, eight guys that are that are actually viable to start with. The problem is that all of them are two RF only, and flexibility is mm. going to be huge, especially during the buyers. We saw that last year in the first year that we had you know regular buyers having the ability to move around players and have a competent bench. It's a toss up because you've got the, what I call the super six in um, Piacora, Lane, Curran, Kikau, Fermor, and one of the Roosters boys, Tupanua, Crichton, Wong, you know, pick your poison. Um, but I've gone with five of them. And the one that has missed out is Kikau, but you can obviously make a claim for him being um, up there as well. We, we saw how damaging he was with a competent halfback at Penrith. What was it? Two years ago. It's uh, he's always been, you know, off the back of his success at Penrith, he's always been between 550 and 650. So the risk has always been much higher than what the reward is. But this year he's coming in at about 460. That's probably his floor. So it can only go up, but it's obviously putting faith in a Bulldogs back rower who doesn't rely on work rate, who relies more on uh, attacking stats. But his counterpart in Josh Curran obviously has moved from the Warriors to uh, the Bulldogs playing lock. Uh, I think. 
I ran the numbers. I think he has an average of about 68 um, playing over 60 minutes. So, you know, definitely in there. We know he has attacking threat. We know he has that mongrel that he likes to let the ball loose, get some offloads, and he's not afraid to to get in there and get stuck in some tackles. I, Without looking at your boys' teams, I assume all, all three of us have current. Yes. Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, he's Sean Lane. Just friendly. Yeah, he, he is. And that's the thing. Like, if he gets the role, then I don't like using the term must-have because I think it's overplayed, but I think he would be very much close to it just based on his price. Price that I think at about 40, 41 there, thereabouts. Um, Sean Lane is another one who obviously had that broken jaw, I want to say, in the preseason or very, very early in the season last year and never really found his stride um, coming into the back end. But I assume all three of us are very high on Dylan Brown. Um, so that's just going to bode well for Sean Lane. Obviously, coming in at a you know, cheaper price, I think this is his floor as well. I don't think he's going to get any lower than what he is now. Um, very, very safe picks, him and Curran. I don't really want to allude on them too much. But I do want to – let's talk about Brennan Piacora. And we do have a resident Bronco here in the chat. Obviously, Kurt Catewell's been moved on. I think it was a huge telling point that Piacora and Ricky were both re-signed whilst Curran, uh, Kurt Catewell was still on the books. Um We've always sort of, you know, I think for about three years now, we've always been sort of umming and ahhing about Pierre Cora, but last year was really the year that um, he made his own. And I think uh, Supercoach Guns put up a stat when he did start, he averaged something like 63. So price at about a 45, so nearly 20 points worth of value there. Yeah, like I've got Pierre Cura in my team, but it's hard to see, you know, your Carrigans, your Rickies, your Pierre Cura, your Hetherington, like they're all guys we want in our teams, including like yeah. your Bakers and your Payne Haas. Like something's got to give somewhere. And I wonder whether the younger guy won't have as good of season as we hope. But with 41, with Capewell, it's not a coincidence that Capewell signed with the Warriors a week after Pia Kura signed. That's not yeah. a coincidence. No, I think, I think they're very, very high on him. Like that's not the – and but I understand yeah. what you're saying. There's so many mouths that we want fed for Supercoach yeah. – one of them inevitably is going to fall out. Um, it's not like everyone's going to be able to average 65. And I understand that. And, and Ricky's not Ricky. Um, Pierre Cora is probably the one that's, that has the lowest floor out of, you know, yeah. that starting pack. That's what um, I'm about. I don't think that floor is lower than a 41. Uh, just with, with how lethal we saw the Broncos attack. I'd like to say it's a risk-free investment. And yeah, and at the start of the season, you're looking for as many risk-free investments as possible, aren't you? You're looking for the value on the on the paper, right? You're looking for these players that are underpriced by 10 points. And you make your 10, 15 points in cash, you move them on to a primo, you move them on to a stepping stone to get to that primo. So I think Piakura is probably a good option. I actually don't have him at the moment in my first draft. Um, I've got a lot of guys that you're speaking about right now, so I'll, I'll talk about them a little bit later. But um, yeah, I haven't been able to fit him in, but he's definitely someone that's on the radar. With, with I'm your also investments, you sound like Ryan from Astute Newstead. Do I, though? <laughs> what's uh, what's what's Astute Newstead, boys? <laughs> Go on, Matty. <laughs> Go, Brano. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, we can't discount Ryan from Astute Newstead. You know, he, he's going to do you the hard yards. Uh, let's be honest. No one wants to go to the bank and negotiate with the big banks. No one at all. So he goes and does the hard yards for you. He'll look after you in terms of trying to sort out your interest rate. So if you're already in the market... He will go and uh, negotiate with the big banks, get your interest rate down. If you're looking to get into the home loan market, he'll also help you out, do all the hard yards for you. He'll He's can negotiate with over 50 lenders as well. So he's got them all on panel. And uh, if you mention us at Insight Fantasy Sports or the Insight NRL show, he will 
give you a risk-free uh, consult and uh, basically talk you through your situation and look after you. So mention us. You can contact Ryan at ryanh at eganwealth.com or Ryan Astute Newstead on Instagram. Flick him a message. Let him know that we sent you and he'll look after you. He's actually really good at Supercoach too. Um, yeah. My, he, he hooked my mate up for a loan and I swear they just talked about Supercoach the whole time. <laughs> did he? I'm, I'm sure he helped him out with the loan, right? He did help him out with the loan. Uh, got, he's now a homeowner in Morumba, um, but also Good helped man. him out with some of his NBL Supercoach trades. So, um, you know what? If you want to contact Ryan at Astute Newstead for your Supercoach trades, get on it. So. You can do that. You, you talk- he, he was in my inbox for about half the fucking season last year and uh, letting me know that he was ahead of me, telling me he was ranked in the top 1,000, I think, or top 1,500 for about three quarters of the season, and he crashed and burned with no trades. And I'm just sitting back going, yep. Cool. Thanks for that. And I reminded him at the end of the season, you probably should hold some trades. So I've given him a little bit of a lesson for 2024. <laughs> Hopefully Ryan's watching. Josh, keep going, mate. Your boys, your boys talk about like risk-free investments and getting the most value. I think that goes hand in hand with Bo Thermal. Uh, we saw him miss you know, <laughs> the entire season last year with that brutal ACL very early on. I'm very, very curious to see what happens with David Fafita. We know that he suffered that pectoral injury and he's off for surgery and he's very much racing the clock for round one. Thermal played his best footy on the left-hand side, but Fafita also was, you know, exceptional last year on the left-hand side as well. You know, he's he's priced, you know, in that mid-40s as well. We've saw how good he is. It is a concern coming off the ACL, but he's he's had pretty much the full preseason. He's, he's not going to have an interrupted preseason. He was pretty much ready to go from uh, the end of last year moving forward. I'm also very, very... Um, self-aware of, I don't want to talk about all the players because I, sh- I knew I know we have a few lap overs, but uh, I know that uh, Fermor features in a couple of teams later on. So we'll touch on him more in depth there. Um, I've also got one of the Roosters boys at the moment at CSL Wong. Um, huge, huge fan of him. Uh, was keen on him last year as a cheapy, not as like a legit super coach option, but someone to watch. And we've seen him blossom into a really good footy player. He can be interchanged with Angus Crichton uh, or Satili Chippenua. There is five spots, and uh, last time I checked, five doesn't go into two. So you also add on the Butcher Boys, and you know three of them have to make away. Angus did play in the middle last year a little bit, so did Satili. So um, curious as to what happens there, um, but definitely one to monitor in the preseason. And for what feels like the eighth year in a row, uh, is it finally Jack Howarth season? Uh, we do have Sean Bloor uh, moving to the Tigers, which does mean Justin Ollum potentially is moving. Sorry, Sean Bloor coming to the Storm with um, Justin Ollum potentially moving away from the club. that, that uh, Does that open up a center spot for Jack Howarth? Time will tell. But like, this feels like one of the ones, this feels like a Ben Trevojevic where he will be in our preseason teams every year until the end of time because he's cheap and there's some kind of hype. He's a, I've got is, two, is he a place go filler? On. No, I was just going to yeah. say, is he a place filler? He's that fucking bottom dollar price guy that you just, you, you want to put there and then he replaces someone else later on if he's no good to go. Yeah, of but, course. Um, he's just, I think you need a couple of those. Value. Yeah, yeah so cool. Sorry, Matty. I've got two questions. What do you think Jack Howard's age is if you've had him in your team for eight years? <laughs> like, well, if we're taking the piss, it feels like he's about 30, but realistically, the kid's still, <laughs> what, like 20, 21 or something? Yeah, he's only 21. Like, I, yeah, I feel the same. Like I just looked it up before. <laughs> Playing Toyota Cup Supercoach about five, six years ago. and you know, It feels he like he team. would have lined up against Bryce Cartwright with the yellow ball. Like It, it feels like we'd be talking about him for that, for that long. Um, but that round I had the him forwards. in the North Devils Supercoach team. <laughs> um, that rounds out the forwards. Uh, one out-and-out gun. Ideally, I'd love to get Grant in if I can find the funds for it. Um, 
but yeah, I think with, with front row forward, you just need to have one of the big boys and then and the two RFs. Yes, there's no flexibility, but there's just so much value there. If you don't like lane, but you like kick out, then you know it's a, it's a chop and change thing there. Half so can I jump in quick? Yeah, with, yeah of course. So you just spoke about flexibility versus value. Are you prioritizing now just la- kind of dropping the dual position need at the moment and just going for the most value possible? Uh, yeah, I think la- last year I was a big advocate of just like more bench depth. Like less, like you know, if a dual position player comes up, sick, that's amazing. And we'll talk about one at, at halfback. But like, it's all well and good to move players around and, you know, stroke yourself over that and being like, oh, cool, I moved a front row forward to center. How cool is that? But if they're scoring 12 points, then whatever, champ. But like, you want players that are going to build your team value. No one wins Supercoach by having a $10 million team value at the end of the year. So getting points, but also making money is, is crucial. But having bench depth as well, like, because if one player does go down and one's on a buy, or you have 47,000 Broncos like I do, and they're all on a buy. You need to have that coverage to... Um, do you want to borrow my jersey? Of course, man, of course. Uh, I mean, hey... I've got a photo of... We're hitting the magic around the three of us, which would be wild. And you've already seen one of the jerseys I'm potentially trying to buy, so uh, maybe maybe <laughs> I will be indoctrinated into the Caxton Hotel. <laughs> You're going to have to wear um, one to get in, I heard. <laughs> it's it's ritual. Um, halfback's interesting because last year it was pretty much Cleary and Hines and you don't move from that. Um, this year, it's more contentious because obviously funds need to be spread around around more. Initially, obviously, if you've come back and listened to this podcast in the middle of February and you know, you've got more information that cheapies are viable, then yeah, a Cleary-Hines combination could be on the cards. But as it stands right now, uh, on the 23rd of December, there is not a whole lot of um, value presenting itself to spread funds. So I have gone with Nico Hines over Nathan Cleary. Now, what do you boys think straight away before you know we delve into it? Matty, you go first. Well, I was looking at the schedule a little bit more, and I don't think that Cleary can have a bad schedule the way that Cleary played. Like, obviously, being a Broncos fan, um, I saw maybe 16 minutes of the best football you'll ever see in your life from <laughs> Nathan Cleary um, and um, shattered my hopes, dreams, and... Right now, because we haven't won a premiership since 2006, the hopes and dreams of probably my children and my children's children. But I think it's a bit stiff to talk about hopes and dreams when you've got two Tigers fans on the podcast. It is, yeah. We've been riding tough for about did, 17 did years. you win a premiership more regular than me, though? When, no, 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 2005. We the year before you. Oh, the year before. And I've watched yeah, that on right. replay every day for the last... 11 years. I must admit, you were talking about obviously being heartbroken and I was with you that night when the Panthers came back. We're at the casino in the Gold Coast and, and me and Mick Dell who hosts the BBL with me in AFL for Insight, He we, we basically watched you and it was like, you know when Ralph Wiggum was on the bus and he, he, he gets his heart broken by Lisa Simpson and you can see the the moment where his heart breaks in half. Right here. Yeah. That was it. And he rewinds it. And uh, it was like in slow-mo watching you after that, they scored that, that try. I, I reckon think. that would have been when, when Cleary kicked the 40-20 because that was when everything yeah. shifted. I reckon that's when Maddie just sunk his head into his hands. I think it was when they went up by eight. It was like, whoa, this is going to be pretty tough to come back from with about you know nine minutes left in the game. So anyway, I just thought I'd bring that back up for episode one just to get that out of the way because been, it's been sitting on me for about three, four months. It's been sitting on me too. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I brought up the schedule as well. If you were referencing the yeah. schedule, Maddie, very quickly, it's it's on the screen now for anybody watching on YouTube and for anyone on audio, hop over on YouTube, check it out or hop in the discord and download it because it's in there too. 
Yeah, like, and I don't think that the Panthers can really have a bad schedule. I know they're playing Melbourne and the Broncos, but, you know, Sydney and Manly can be anything. Actually, Parramatta probably could be better than Sydney and Manly um, as we go through. But you have a look at the Sharks. I consider New Zealand a bit of a powerhouse. Um, Canberra can be good defensively at times. Um, but Bulldogs and St. George could be pretty good. Look, there's just an earlier buy for Nico. I'm probably going to be looking at Cleary over Nico if I can't do them both. Okay. That's fair. I I, I don't know if I'm like overanalyzing it, but um, the Panthers are in England eight days before round one when they play the World Cup ch- World Club Challenge. And just that draw, yeah. So as, as mentioned, Cleary will be in England just eight days before taking on the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne in round one, followed by the Eels, the Broncos, and the Roosters. Um, compare that to the Sharks, they are going to have the Warriors away, which, yes, granted, is not a great fixture. But the Bulldogs at home, the Tigers, and then the Raiders, and then the bye. Then after that, you've got uh, the Bunnies, the Cowboys, and the Raiders. Um, for anyone watching on YouTube, these colour schemes have been ordered in terms of Supercoach difficulty, so there's no bias between like, oh, why is my team in a red or orange? This is purely uh, in terms of Supercoach. And Brona, correct me if I'm wrong, but red is bottom four, orange is the next bracket, light green is the next bracket, yeah. and then green. Oh, sorry, the fl- flip it around. So red is like the top four teams, orange is like the five to eight, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. In terms of Supercoach points conceded as well. So it's very relevant to what we're talking about right now. We're not talking about the latter for NRL or anything like that, we're actually talking about super coach points conceded per team. And we all know and what uh, Nico like, Hines does early in the season against uh, the, the Dragons, don't we? I just wanted to say it was actually the insights stance on whether your team sucks or not. So, um, yeah, hop into our DMs. <laughs> direct direct if, uh, all hate to at yeah, yeah. No, no. Slide us into DMs. Braino made it. So, um, yeah, look, let us Blame let me. us know what you think on the in the comment section of YouTube. So. And you'll notice also, that uh, I am a Tiger supporter and you see fucking plenty of green on that Tiger schedule. So uh, there <laughs> there is no bias, I promise. Um, but, but also the Nico Hines thing as well. Like it, we, we, we talked about it earlier, you know, more expensive versus cheaper player. Nico's more expensive. So we'll, you know, always try and side with him and then we'll, we'll go back. Um, Aiden Caesar, uh, Tiger's boy, we'll get him in there. Buy in the round one, but... Um, I think uh, the, the the formerly SC Whisperer Instagram page, now SC Collective page, um, dropped a you know detailed article on Caesar. He's priced at a 32, and he hasn't set the world on fire. You know, in the NRL, I think he's fluctuated between a 38 and a 60. Um, but it's worth noting his bigger averages, boys, is when he has been goal kicking. And as a Tigers fan, um, apart from Adam Dewey, who I really don't see getting back into this side, you know, you've got Fainer, you've got Sullivan um, ahead of him. I think Caesar, he is close to 18 points undervalued. I've got him pegged at around a 50 average. And, you know, for a dual position player at mid 300K, he strikes the ball at 86% off the tee. And I think the stats were saying that the Tigers average 71 tries a year in the last three years, like their worst period, which is an extra nine points a game for him. So he's already he's already priced at a 32, but his worst average in the NRL was a 38. Um, so there's, you know, already 45 points plus, you know, some added more points of being the main playmaker, blah, 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 value, value, Tigers on the up. Yeah, you get it. I think Caesar presents really good value and I don't know, boys, have you been seeing on your social media pages, like a lot of love for Luke Brooks as a super coach option? Like I understand it in a footy sense. I think Luke Brooks will have a great year in a footy sense, but he's priced at a 55. He's now going to be the fourth choice in that spine. And people are saying, oh yeah, but he's going to play off turbo. 
Kieran Foran never averaged above a 45. And that was even in Turbo's best year. So Brooks, I think he's going to have a great year in, in a super code, in a, in a footy sense. But I'm really avoiding him. I think if you're keen on Brooks, I'd be more keen on Caesar and save yourself 200k. Matty, you go first. I'm I'm a bit tainted by Luke Brooks. I mean, maybe you know, I got a bit triggered then when the, the word Brooks came out. So you go first. I thought um, we were still talking talking about Dylan Brooks, but um, look, uh, <laughs> I also, I also you, and we talk, Yeah, we talk about people that are have those super coach friendly games, and there are people like Josh Curran that I don't. I'm not actually convinced that Josh Curran is the best football player at 420k. Like you've got plenty of other guys in and around that, that I would rather have on my team. Luke Brooks at his price. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but it was in the 560k range. Yeah. Like I'm not sure I can see him meeting that even if he plays his absolute best, but I can see Caesar, even if the West Tigers struggle, uh, definitely covering what his thirty-two super coach points yeah, per game. Um, it allows you a lot more flexibility. It allows you to get a gun fullback. That's probably where you'd look to spend this money if you're saving the money. Uh, which we're talking six hundred k between like a Nico or an Cleary to a Caesar. That's what you're looking at, yeah, isn't it, Josh? Of course, of course, of course. And and that's the thing, like. That's that's the way that you really have to look at it. Is like, don't look at it as like, oh well, Caesar scored me good points. It's like, what does Caesar allow me to do? Does Caesar allow me to go from a Jaden Campbell to a Scott Drinkwater? And I know I hate saying that because everyone knows my stance on Scott Drinkwater, but it allows you just to go to that next level of player. And I'm not saying Aiden Caesar is going to be like your you know set and forget captain, but he could be like a very very reliable 18th, 19th man in your rotation that comes in for the buys. You're playing on a good matchup here or there, and I think you make a really good point about like. Yeah, is he the best footy player? Probably not. But he's priced at 32. He's dual position. If you don't like him, Jaden Sullivan's also there. Like, you know, there's two good, cheap guys there. And if Matrix, if you want to, not Matrix, yeah, Brian, if you want to flick back to that draw, you get back, you, you get past that first buy. It's all green. It's all smooth sailing for Caesar. Yeah. And I think someone uh, had a little bit of a crack on socials about like, oh, I can't believe there's any green on the Tigers page. But, you know, that this is, you know, subjective. It's, <clears throat> we're looking at, most super coach points conceded. And you look at the Raiders there in round two, you've got the Cowboys around three. Para, uh, I think the fourth most points conceded yeah, super coach wise last Para, year. Para weren't good defensively for super coach players. Like that were a really, no. really juicy matchup. And then they the Dolphins, they were good either. at the start of the season. But the Dolphins also conceded a lot of super coach points. The Dragons were fucking awful. They're tip for the spoon this year. And coming from a Tiger supporter, I might cop some flack on that, but I'm sure there's some improvement. And I think the the Dragons haven't gotten better. I think they've got worse. So, you know, you're looking at from round two to six, you could easily target a couple of these Tigers guys. And when we're talking about the main playmaker and the guy that could potentially kick goals, there's so much upside in that. So I don't have him in my team at the moment, but it's an easy swap for me because I've got the other Tigers half at the moment. So could go either way. I'm hearing, I'm hearing a lot of talk about Fainu and, and Sullivan starting. And while I'd love to see that, because I don't expect 2024 to be a great a great year for us. Like, we're not going to challenge the top eight. Like, that'll be when, you know, Luai comes in and we develop from there forward. I wouldn't be throwing these kids in the fire straight away. Like, the Tigers still are a dysfunctional club. So, Caesar, you know, experienced head, I think he's 32. Um, played plenty of plenty of years. He's been playing footy professionally for over 10 years now. He does have a you know good head on him. Um, had a good season with, with the Giants. Uh, Huddersfield had a good season with Leeds. It's like he's got experience. 
Um, so I am keen on him. I mean, if you showed me a team that had Luai and Cleary, obviously I'm not going to say, oh, why don't you trade to Souza? Like, yes, if you can afford Cleary and, and Hines, then of course. Um, but there are just some worries at halfback for me. Like, you've got guys like SJ. Can he replicate what he did last year? I don't think so. Like, I still think he'd be good, but like last year was just an outlier season. He was amazing. Not many halfbacks get better with that age, um, apart from probably like an Adam Reynolds, like in terms of like pure footy. So, so uh, he worries me there. Um, you know, you've got guys like Jer- Jerome Hughes, but the storm drawer isn't great. I don't know. I just think Caesar presents, you know, enough value for me to take a punt on. Um, Dylan Brown is in my side. I will leave him. I know he's in a couple of your boys' sides. We need to have some players to speak on, as with KO Weeks as well. Uh, the Raiders, I think, will be bad this year, um, but their spine is going to be very young and there's a lot of spots up for offer. If it's not KO Weeks, it'll be Chevy Stewart. If it's not Chevy Stewart, it'll be Ethan Strange. So there are going to be, there will be a Raiders player there or thereabouts in our sides, just working out which one. Um, but center wing, center wing's interesting because in recent years, we've moved away from cheap. You know, I don't know about you boys, but I've been playing Supercoach since 2015 and it was always just go as dirt cheap as possible. But teams are scoring more and more points as we alluded to at the start of the show. Um, and I think a premium is going to be there. I know the Dolphins have a really good draw to start with. I'm just worried about that second season syndrome with Jermaine Asako. Um, I have opted for my premium center wing to be Brian Toto, just because our glue hands Crichton has now moved to, to Canterbury. And we probably expect it to be Talon May to line up at that right center spot. I would expect the back line to be Edwards um, with Toto and um, Taruva on the wings with Isaac Tunga at left center and Talon May at right center. Um, and I just think, you know, Brian Toto tried and trust tested is Brian Toto a guy that you want in your team around 27? The same thing we spoke about with Payne Haas. And the answer is probably. And if you have the funds for it now, then by all means, go for it. Um, Xavier Savage, I will leave him because I know that he's in a couple of other teams as well. But uh, Kale Eero, now I know that every podcaster has their guy that they that they hinge their hat on. Last year, mine was Teague Wilton. And that was, you know, uh, somewhat success the year before it was uh, Cody Ramsey, which, yeah. Uh, but you this year... Worked out well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, but this year for me, it's Kyle Eero. Um, Talakai, he's great in attack. He's probably the best attacking center in the comp. Um, but defensively, he's he's not good. And I think with the loss of Wade Graham, they're going to need more bodies in the middle. Um, Dale Finucane's not getting any younger. Oregon Kafusi hasn't really kicked on as much as probably Sharks fans wanted them to. I don't know about you boys, but I think Talakai might be best served back in the forwards. Yeah. Oh, no, just, I completely agree with that point. I don't, I don't know whether there's much more to talk about. Yeah. Which I no, think I'd, that'd I'd, be a really good thing. Like for Supercoach even. Like Talakai could be a beast. Of course, but I think it'd be great for the Sharks too because, um, yep. you know, you've got guys like Cam McKinnis who offer you nothing in attack. You know, he will give you 70 tackles. He will put his heart and soul into every game, but he gives you nothing of flair. Talakai would come in and just create havoc. You know, give him half an hour, give him 35 minutes, 20 either side of half time. Like, let Dalfanu can start, you know, do whatever you need to. Cam McInnes comes on. Teague Wilton can roll up the sleeves and get in the middle a bit. But Talakai provides so much flair. And if you put him in the middle, you can probably hide him with some better defenders either side of him. You put him out on the edge. Nico Hines is not the greatest defender in the world. Matt Moylan wasn't great. Um, the left center would have been. Talakai himself, and then Ronaldo Molotalo does make some, you know, questionable reads at times. So I think the best thing for, for Talakai for his, you know, um, defensive play, his impact is to get him back in the middle. So then that leaves a spot open and there's really only two people that can fill it. It'll be Kay Dykes, who we saw a little bit in the trials, um, but it'll also be Kale Eero, who has been earmarked 
for huge things for probably the last two years. And I am huge on him uh, to start the season. Yeah, no, he's in my team as well. I think you you hit the nail on the head there. There's there's an opportunity. And I agree with the Talakai take too, personally. I think realistically, Talakai, imagine Talakai coming on after 30, 30, 35 minutes and tied forwards. And, you know, they might be able to find a, a bit of a crack through the middle or Talakai comes, even comes onto an edge for the last 10 minutes of the first half. And like that guy could do some serious damage on the fringes there in, in the middle of the field. So I feel like he has so much more attack. Can you imagine if you're like a middle hooker or like a middle middle forward and Nico Hines hasn't been able to crack the line for like three sets in a row, but he's just got repeat sets after repeat sets and you're defending for like eight, nine minutes in a row. And then you see Talakai walk on the field fresh as a daisy, like fuck that. <laughs> like I, I think he'll be he'll offer so much like off the bench. And I'll, look, I'll clip this if it's wrong, whatever. Um, but I really think he's best suited in the forwards. Uh, another guy that yep. I'm super, super high on is Kai Pierce-Paul uh, coming from England. Unfortunately, he's gone for surgery on his toe. He's been dealing with that for about 12 months and probably won't be fit for round one. A guy from the UK interrupted preseason, not fit. I don't expect him to get much of a look in early on. But we saw Dylan Lucas get a lot of you know good footy in his belt last year. Now, he is that sexy 2RF center wing jewel. Uh, he averaged 63 when he did start. He played six games last year, five of them starting, one of them off the bench, had two tries, 12 tackle busts, two line breaks in the five games he did start. Uh, he's priced at about a 51 uh, and averaged, you know, 64 uh, when he did start. This one I'm not, you know, overly confident on right now because there is competition from Brody Jones, Jed Cartwright and Pierce Paul if he does, uh, you know, find fitness for round one. But just based off what we saw last year, I think he's a, you know, a real stud. And if Adam O'Brien was trusting him with 80-minute performances at the back end of the season when the Knights were really looking to, you know, gel before finals footy, he's going to be playing on that left edge. We know how um, good Lachlan Fitzgibbon was in his, you know, quote-unquote prime, playing off KP. Uh, and the Knights, from memory, have a reasonably okay draw as well. But, you know, obviously that really nice duel. Uh, I'm not going to be chasing too much upside early on. That's why you've seen me go with, you know, tried and chested guys like Toto. And if we can get, you know, a 60, 65-point scorer in the two, in the 2RF, actually in our center wing, um, yeah, I'm happy to go go with him there. It's not something I'm, I'm dead set on. I'd like to see some trials footy, and I'd like to see some people drop out of the rotation, Brody Jones, Jed Cartwright, and get an update on Pierce Paul's injury status. Yeah, I like it. Any thoughts, cool. Manny? No, not really. Like we're gonna we're gonna delve into our second rowers. Oh, sorry, our centers as well. But Dylan Lucas having that flexibility in Newcastle, I think he's the better player from all the good blokes from Newcastle that we had a chat about. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm much Piers Paul. Pref- I'm huge on Piers Paul, but he's just not fit. Yeah. And I much prefer the two RF center wing jewel than I do the two RF front row forward jewel. Like the amount yeah. of flexibility that can create for you for your team, I'd, I'd much prefer that. So if you can find a guy that can slot into both there, gold. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, like Brennan Piercora is, is a bust after four weeks, um, but you've got some random mid-range center wing that just like kills it, has a role that we don't see. Someone like Tom Jenkins, who's like a really gross price um, from the Knights. Like we're not going to start with him, but for whatever reason, if he's just putting up like Marzu base numbers and Piercora sucks, in, a, in another world, you're like, we'll have to make two trades here but you've obviously got that flexibility of just moving Lucas back up and you're and you free that spot up. Uh, on the bench, I'm not going to go too much into it because a lot of these guys are so-so. Um, but Nick Cottridge, you know, pretty much near enough base price. You, know, you expect to start in that back line. Uh, I expect it to be Savage. The wings would be Rapana and probably Cottridge and the centers would be Chris and Timoko. So, you know, you know you're getting a starting 80-minute player with 
quote unquote pedigree. We haven't seen that pedigree in about eight years, but you know, he's bottom dollar. We'll, we'll take it where we can. Um, a former Canberra Raiders and Holly Smith Shield has moved to the Titans. Interesting to see where he fits in because you've got Phil Sami, Brian Kelly, Jojo Fafita, uh, Lafie Khan Pereira, Jaden Campbell, AJ Brimson. There's a lot of mouths there, um, but more or less just a placeholder. But, Matrix, let's talk about Jesse Arthurs because there's a couple of spots opened up in the back line of the Broncos and we expect Arthurs to get the left wing spot. What do you think of him this year? It's hard. Like they re-signed Corey Oates as well. And I know that he's getting a little bit older. I think that he's 32, but he's a bit of a workhorse out there too. I think it might be in preseason, whoever fits in a bit better with Mariner. To be I honest. feel like we, I feel like we had this conversation last year when we had Jordan Pieter and, and Corey Oates and Jesse Arthurs and, like there was a, a merry-go-round, and it yeah. So I, I wanted to get your opinion as the as the Broncos resident. I think that Corey Oates will have the position to start the year. Um, a lot of last year was sort of penciled down to his broken jaw and everything like that. But they did give Corey Oates the opportunity to work his way back into the team. We were gonna play finals footy, and they gave him the start over Jesse Arthur's for a little bit. And then they said, Corey sat him down, said, hey, mate, like, you're just not up to it. You're not up to Jesse Arthur's standard at the moment. And then Arthur's played, you know, our finals campaign, which went relatively well. Um, let's leave 18 minutes good for aside, all 17 but... minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but look, Jesse, Jesse Arthur's could be a try-scoring machine. I wonder whether Dean Mariner might be one of those blokes that does put it over the line a bit more than Herbie does. Um, so yeah, look, being a bit mid, of a Steve Crichton be starting with, yeah, I won't be starting with Jesse Arthurs. Um, I don't know. And- I like that mid price bloke and I don't think you'll actually end up starting the season with him. Um, but yeah, I've done the same. I've chucked like a two, two Pilotto or, or someone like that in there. Cause I'm going to have somebody worth that amount of money in my lineup. Yeah. Well, I think the beauty of Arthurs is if he starts, he becomes an option. If he doesn't start. You know, I've got 370k there. He's on a bottom dollar price. He's you know near enough 400k, and we drop him. We drop him back to a, a you know bottom dollar cheapie. And there's my Robinson to you know Grant. Um, and the fullbacks, uh, KP. I'm pretty sure he's in at least one of your boys' teams, so I won't delve on him too hard. Uh, and Pappenhausen, not much to talk about. I'd love to get a drink water in there if we can find the funds. And I, I hate myself for saying that, um, but I'd love to to have a, a drink water ponga combination. But is it a change of the guard, boys? You know, it used to be. Teddy, Turbo, Teddy, Latrell, Teddy, whoever. We're now sort of looking outside the outside the realm and we're sort of breaking the mold a little bit here. Turbo's just way too expensive. Teddy was not good last year. Like from a footy standpoint, Supercoach he was still fine. Like I think he averaged very high sixties or early seventies. But um yeah, but we're seeing the, the new blood takeover, Reese Walsh, Calum Ponga, Scott Drinkwater, um, all these guys with a bit of bit of flair and Pappenhausen, we know what he can do if he's back to even hell, even 80% of what he can be, you know, he's still underpriced. Yeah. I think in the fullback position, you've got, I mean, you do have some good options. I think everybody's going to be off Tedesco based on last year. I think a few people got burnt by Teddy and we're starting to see father time catch up a little bit for, for Teddy, unfortunately. Uh, but Pappenhausen in terms of value at what, 650 K or whatever he is, 645 K like that. That's an insane price for a guy that could be worth a million dollars in six, seven weeks time when the season starts. So I think he's a bit of a no brainer. And then Kalen Ponga, uh, I think a lot of people are emotionally picking Ponga as well, purely based on the fact that maybe they faded him 
Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that kind of let him make two, three, four hundred K from. Uh, I think he crashed down to like sub 500 K at one point in the season last year. Obviously the head knocks were an issue for him last year as well. So a lot, there's a lot on the mind for Ponga uh, in terms of injury, but I think what we saw from the back end of the season, the guy's the one of the best fullbacks in the game. So you, we, you can't discount that. We, we've discussed potentially like not going double gun halfback, um, but double done fullback, double, double gun fullback is just a non-negotiable for your boys. It's just Double a case of gun. which two you rotate in there. I know that some people are looking at Jaden Campbell. And I think he's a good pick, but I think his value presents itself at 5'8". He does have a handy duel at fullback 5'8", but I wouldn't be putting him in my fullback spot. I think just with the modern NRL and just how high ceiling these guys are. Hell, we saw Reese Walsh, like, was it round one, have 10 points after 70 minutes and finish on like 100. So these fullbacks can just turn it on quickly. And you don't really want a plotter there that's just going to punch out. Like, and no, like, no disrespect to someone like Dylan Edwards, but he'll get you 65 every week, which is cool. But I'd much rather get 30 or 150. Yeah, it's, it's always the upside pick you'd prefer. I know Maddie and I spoke about that a fair bit last year. You're looking for that upside somewhere. Someone that can get you 120 to 150. Um, I don't know whether Dylan Edwards does that for you. But yeah, if you're looking for someone safe with base, he's the guy. But I'm, if you're, I'm sure if you're doing rather... a challenge, if you're, if you're doing a challenge of like no trades all year, then yeah, Dylan Edwards, hundred percent, like lock and load. But like if yeah. you're you know actively trying to, to climb the ranks, and that's it. Um, but that's going to be. I, I don't have a team name yet. Um, I, I, I didn't have any cult. Like I mean, I sort of had Jake Granville last year as a cult hero. I'm, I need to think of a team name. Um, I think I think the Ramsey resurgence is a thing of the past. I think our best days of Cody Ramsey are, are, are far gone. But um, no, that's that's my side, boys. I'm, I'm keen to rip in and see uh, what's sort of crossovers we have. Yeah, yeah. I'd say we have a few. Uh, there's a few pretty popular, obvious options there, and you, you've given good insight there into into your thoughts. But, Maddie, we can move across to your team, mate. Uh, kick us off. You've got a different hooker to start, so that's a good talking point. Mate, like, Sam Verrills is actually my favourite hooker in the Gold Coast. Um, there's, oh, that's a, that's there's a few of them. Yeah, there's, there's a few of them. But, um, yeah, look, when it comes to Sam Verrills, I'm a big fan, like, Sleek, long, um, blonde hair, um, sandy blonde even. Like, I like him. Look, I think that I could find myself going like a Sam Verrills or even a Lachlan Croker or somebody like that, a little bit of a plotter because I'm scared of – I don't want to spend up the money for a Harry Grant. I don't want to spend up the money for a Damien Cook. I don't want to spend up the money for a Jeremy Marshall King. But I want to go a mid-tier guy that maybe it's okay just to leave there. Maybe it's okay just to sit on the bench through the origin period, play him. I think I'm going to want a mid-tier bloke. Um, I don't think Brandon Smith's the bloke this year. But I think a Sam Verrills or a Lachlan Croker, I'm actually considering a Lachlan Croker. You're almost treating it like a like a third front row forward. Just a guy that will just get you 55 points. You don't have to worry yeah. about it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that, I think yeah I was gonna say I think Hooker's transitioning to that like Hooker's transitioning to just like a fuck if we can get fifty five points sixty points cool like unless you ha- unless you Harry Grant obviously like he's just so far it's funny because people said Harry Grant was so bad last year he was still like ten points clear of the field yeah and it's gonna be like you know you've done it with Reese Robson I think that I could nearly get. I, I kept Reese Robson from day one all the way through, and he was great. And I ended up getting, you know, sitting there with Reed Marnie as well. But I wonder if I could save a little bit more and just go a Lachlan Croker or a Sam Verrills or, yeah. or somebody like that and just save a trade all year. 
Um, and that's kind of my philosophy with hooker. It's kind well, of a negative was... one, but yeah, I don't like that's it. That's the thing. Like last year, so many people went Harry Grant and Sonny Luke. And then for whatever reason, Harry Grant goes down. You're like, fuck, man. Like, I've got to play Sonny Luke. He's going to get me six points. Whereas, like, your point, like, you start with Croker, and by round 10, you have a gun hooker, and he's just there. He's just a guy on the bench. And if anything happens, you're like, cool, I've got 50 points here lined up. And to be fair, Reed yeah. Marnie was that guy last year, wasn't he? He was that bench hooker that you could just leave there all year and, it, you know, a little bit of a trigger point because he wasn't that great. Uh, he kind of catfished a lot of people into buying him in round three for the cash gen, and it just never came around. But in saying that, he was the perfect bench hooker. You'd be okay to play him if your main hooker was out or they were on the buy or whatever, or if you know Grant was out for origin, you could plug and play Reed Marnie. It wasn't an issue. Um, I, I think hook is such a fucking plotter position. If you're not picking Harry Grant, just go with someone who's going to present you value and get you anywhere between 45 to 55 points. And I think that's, that's probably the best saying. way to play that's it. That's what I'm saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, but unless your name's Harry Grant, it just feels like it's just transitioning into a front row forward. Let um, me tell you one person I feel like might take a step up is Jeremy Marshall King. The only guy I think could rival Harry Grant, you can clip this and we'll see how see how accurate it is, is uh, Jeremy Marshall King. Based on what we saw last year, if he can stay healthy uh, in his role within the Dolphins and if they're okay or as good as they were last year, maybe he gets within five points average of Harry Grant. But Harry Grant's the clear and cut best in position. That's, that's a hot, that's a, I'm worried about the second season syndrome with JMK. You have, yeah, you have okay. to be. He's been you have to worry about second season. No, he yeah. has, but yeah. is he has he been good? Like, that's what I worry about. Yep. I, yeah, fair I think you get a three-week look with Jeremy Marshall King, though. Like, if the Dolphins are good to start the year and he's firing and he's averaging, you know, he's what's he probably going to be priced at a 60 average anyway. If he's oh, firing the, the Dolphins and he's averaging, that draw. The Dolphins draw is, yeah. is, is very, very appealing. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to deny that. And that's why I, you know, I really love... And the guy that you got in front row forward in, in Flegler. Like, I think the move for him is going to be huge. I think they've been crying out for someone like Flegler. And I've never been a bloke, and Brano's heard me say it a hundred times. Like, I owned, like, two Broncos all of last year um, because I don't want to get my head and my heart in a different situation. But when I see the workload that Flegler can get through, and then I see him on a roster without Payne Haas on, I just think they're going to ask him to do a lot of things and priced at a 45 average. He is going to exceed that. It's like, it's like you're going from competing with Payne Haas to competing with Jesse Bromwich. Like no disrespect to Jesse Bromwich, but, but Flegler becomes an instant, the guy, him and him and Gilbert just are going to lead that line. What do you think, Brana? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Flag is in my team at the moment. I think I think oh, he's underpriced, and I think he gives you that extra 10. I reckon you can get 10 points from him in value, and you can start to look at if one of these main guys, Tino is so fucking overpriced to start the season. Like, he's a massive target at round four, five, six if he drops off the face of the earth or starts slow, and, and that's what I'd be lovely. That'd be awesome to look at. If you could see Flegler climb up to that 550, 600 range, and you see Tino's kind of fall back to the mean a little bit. He's a pickup. That's a nice little transfer there for an extra 50K. Would, would you be surprised if we're sitting here in, you know, late September doing a round 27 preview and Matrix still has Flegler there because he's just putting out a 64 average? Like, I, I wouldn't be. No, legit, no. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I've had a headphone issue, so keep talking. <laughs> That's fine. But no, yeah, like, I think Flegler genuinely could just be like 60 to 64 
he's a guy that you're like, oh man, I'd love to trade him out, but I've always got other fires to put out. But he's not doing anything bad. Like he, he feels like Max King, like 2022 Max King. Like he just, yep. he's just a guy that just, he's very reliable for you and there's no need to sell him. However, Harm Sele, I can see here is is in is in <laughs> Magic's team. It's an interesting pick. I'd I'd love to hear the the Harm Sele uh, chat. I just think St George are really bad, and then I have a look at <laughs> what, <laughs> like honestly, like in case so you fucking met me. <laughs> like the best thing about St George is the road out of it. So, like I just don't think that I can see anybody grabbing it by the ball. So I think that he's going to be getting the opportunity when he comes across. I think that he's been really good in the minutes that he's got. So any situation where he can get himself some decent minutes, um, you know, I know that there's a Jack DeBallon, there's Yamolos that have sort of popped up over the years. I think he's better than a Ben Murdoch Masilla that we saw on all our teams through certain periods last year. Look, Harm Sele, four hundred and twenty k. I'll stuck with the prick for I'll stuck with the prick for twenty seven rounds. Yeah, I might be stuck with Harm Sele for twenty seven rounds, but <laughs> I think that he's he's been serviceable, and I can see a bigger role if St George want to progress forward. They've obviously bought him in for a reason. Fair enough. And you've got Fletcher Baker on the bench there. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned look, him a little I, bit, didn't we, previously? Yeah. But you're pretty high on him. Yeah, look, I'm high on – I think Baker can play Flegler's role. Like, almost an instant swap out. I think Baker's good enough. I've liked Baker in the minutes that I've seen him in. I'm not sure he's as talented as Tom Flegler, but I think that he can be – play that role and be worth 460K in eight weeks. Definitely when we come into the start of the year. And Spencer Lenu, I'm assuming that he's going to be quite popular purely because of the move to the Roosters. He's gone away from the Panthers. You know, he's going to get more of a prominent role over there in, in Bondi. Is that the reason you're picking him just to start? Yeah. And I wonder, like, they're high on him. They just sent him to Vegas um, mm. as their um, as their promo guy. So I think that he'll be okay. I'm a bit worried about starting too many roosters. Um, I've got Josh Wong, Len Yu, and Tupanua in the in the lineup at the moment. I can't see me starting three roosters in those positions. So there's going to be a few spots that I juggle around and just there's going to be the preseason chat. Uh, there's going to be some preseason games. And, um, yeah, look, it's not going to be three roosters in those spots, but, hey, it's the middle of December. What am I so, to do? You know, we've got Spencer Lenu as the promo guy has gone over to Vegas. I'm assuming you've got Billy Walters in your team. Maybe Aaron Woods, yeah, throw I'm, him I'm in as well. Aaron Woods in the lineup as well. <laughs> Mate, they're just, they're just giving him a little bit of a swan song. That's all right. Honestly, what, what a job just to go there, do nothing, and just be the face of the NRL and, and then get to come back and play 15 minutes a game. Yeah, he plays 15 minutes, does all the pregame interviews, though, and hops on Fox and does every interview possible on the Matty John show and all that. So, like, he is the promo guy, Aaron does, Woods. It does say to you, if you're a budding athlete out there, just get your media training because there's so many doors that obviously open up for you if you get your media training and, and, and are well-spoken. That is a good point. And, yeah, you've got a lot of mid-range guys here, Matty, a few that clash with Josh's team. So, want to go through yeah. them? Yeah, you could. 
you could call me mid-range matrix actually that might even be the name of my uh my team there <laughs> i've actually been called that if you've seen me play basketball to be honest um but um yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's me. I just um, actually played a role where I just went baseline to baseline and just hit middies um, in a in a grade in uh, in Gladstone. So yeah, can't hit them. Um, look, I was high on Sean Lane all of last year, um, just waiting on that injury, especially in draft. Um, he was somebody that I drafted late and injured, and it just never eventuated. I'm ready to get hurt again when it comes to Lane. I don't think. Parramatta will be as bad as they were last year. Um, I've got Piakura there. This is honestly the most amount of Broncos that I've probably ever seen in my team as I look at at the roster. Um, I really like – if I've got Sean Lane and you're chasing upside, you've got to have Kikau and, and chasing upside as well. I think Curran coming might hurt him a little bit, but I would think that they could get to other sides and – both these three guys could be as good as Hamoli Olakuatu was in the last couple of years. And that's what I'm chasing out of my second row forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, surely Curran plays in the middle of the field, doesn't he? I don't know whether that hurts kick out too much. Like I, I could probably see Curran starting at lock and just doing all the hard yards through the middle of the field. Um, you know, he didn't get that opportunity last year because Torhu Harris took up so much opportunity there, but like it, Curran's in my team as well. Like uh, a lot of these guys are going to double up, which is good. So we can move through my team quick, but uh, I, I'm with you on that. I've got uh, a few of these guys, one, two, three. I've got three of the six that you've just mentioned, but they're the, they're six kind of no brainers, aren't they around that price range? Yeah. And like, I'm not saying it's going to be these six blokes, much the same as what Josh said, but I'm, they're going to be mid range second rowers. And will will, will Tupanua be a rooster? That's the question. Like, are we all going to start with with the rooster second rower? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I mean, if I mean, he's you not have to, a you? rooster, I still want him. Just depends where he ends up, I guess, is the is the question, what the opportunity is and where he ends up. Um, but yeah, look, yeah, no, let's it's, say it's, Angus yeah, Crichton. It's, it's more so like you've got, yeah, you've got Crichton, you've got Wong, you've got Tupanua. Like, obviously, none of us know who's going to start. Trent Robinson probably doesn't know who's going to start. But like, we're all, we're, I think we're all going to start with one of them. It just depends on which one. And, I mean, you mentioned at the start, Josh, like Egan and Nat Butcher are still there. They're not gone. They haven't gone anywhere. Those two guys are still plenty serviceable to play on each edge. Uh, for the Roosters. So they've kind of got five guys that got to fit into two spots. And uh, uh, yeah, I didn't, it's going to be interesting. I didn't do well at school, but, but five doesn't go into two. 
Um, yeah. But but there is some obviously like Nat Butcher does have the capabilities of playing to the middle when Victor Radley inevitably gets suspended. Um, Angus Crichton Jody can play through the middle as well. I think Wong's an out and out edge, uh, and Tupinil played through the middle a little bit, but I think his best work is on an edge as well. Um, so I think it's going to be really interesting to watch in preseason. Though. Mm. I think um, it's going to be a huge preseason for for all five of those guys because there is a, a very, very real chance that, you know, three of them play 30 minutes off the bench and the other two play 80 minutes locked in the middle, so on the edge, sorry. So, yeah, very keen to, to know, but I'm just, yeah, I was curious to see if we're all going to start with a rooster edge um, that isn't Nat or Egan Butcher if one of them does inevitably get the start. I'll go, I I'll worst, go out on a limb real early is, on and just like say, I reckon it's going to be Josh Wong that starts. All right, that from what yeah. he showed last year at the back end of the season, it's clear that Robbo started to trust him a fair bit to do a job on the right edge. Mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if he goes away from that. He's going to have a natural step up again next year. Um, I, think, I think the, so the worst, case, worst case scenario is, you know, four o'clock on Tuesday, it's just Egan and Nat Butcher. And all three of the other boys from the bench. Yeah, yeah that is yeah. true. Fucking, I guarantee you that happens too. We'll revisit that in a couple of months. Guys, you've, Matty, honestly, been too... Tiger supporters, you've talked me into swapping that out to Sean Bloor. So thanks, guys. Uh, me oh, goodness. We're going down that. He won't be a tiger for much longer, mate. He's going to be in Melbourne. <laughs> oh wow, that's even better. Um, <laughs> look, I think that Nathan Cleary is going to be my pick over over Nico. I think at the start of the year, I might just go a little bit safe. I could see Nico. Cleary has a higher floor, but a lower ceiling than Nico. And as much as I just love to slap the C and and. Enjoy the ride that is Nico Hines. I think if I had to pick one right now, it's Nathan Cleary. Um, but this roster has 460K in the bank. Um, oh, Jesus. Jesus with Caesar, yeah, I, with I, your KO week, with your Dylan when, Brown. When, when, you, when we saw this, this team come up, I did wonder where the, all your money was spent. But if you've still got a half a mil in the bank, then, yeah, I mean, that helps drastically. Well, it's half a mil in the bank, and it's – mainly on the bench, like when I see that, like I've put Jaden Campbell in my team because I really like watching him play. And if they are genuinely okay with playing Brimo in the centers and Jaden Campbell plays fullback and they're good mates, I've, I've seen them at the casino together. Um, but if they're good mates, like they're going to be okay with that and they're just going to play through and roll through it and, if Campbell's playing fullback, I want him in my team and I'm just going to let these guys plot away, let them generate the cash early and I'm going to move forward from there. Dylan Brown has been a non-negotiable for me since probably round one last year. I think he's been the only dependable 5'8". Munster, I'm not the biggest fan of Munster's super coach friendliness with his game. Obviously I'm a Queenslander and I love Cam Munster and I've ridden the waves that are Cody Walker over the years, but unless somebody, you know, sort of jumps up and, you know, grabs it by the balls, unless I think Matt Burton's going to have an absolute rip snorter of a year, he's priced about where he was at the start of last year. And yes, he's an option for me, but Dylan Brown is just an absolute no brainer. I don't want to get uh, too too nerdy because I am a couple of beers deep and I don't drink that often, so this might get a tad slurred. But um, welcome to Insight Fantasy Sports. 
but um, but but percentage consistency is an actual stat that that is used. And Cam Munster's percentage of scores over sixty last year, which is considered you know a good score sixty in Cam Munster, has always been the benchmark of you know consistency at five eighth. Um, his percentage of scores over sixty was the lowest it's ever been. Um, so last year was a very inconsistent year for him. His average was still there or thereabouts, um, but he was definitely fluctuating higher and lower. And the Storm don't have a great start to the season. Dylan Brown, you're paying through the nose for him. Um, and and I, I hate buying into the preseason narratives as much as a cliche it is, but Brad Arthur has just talked talked him up to the nth degree. So I think he's the clear-cut option. It's just you're paying the 800K and you're like, oh, far out. Yep. And and I'm not a dweebus, but have any of us been looking at Tom Dearden? Um, he's been training the house down. He's, I, he's I, guns I, look I, like I hammers. Have, I, have, I, 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 think, I think Tom Dearden... I'm not talking about like best five eight for super coach, but in terms of like value, Tom Dearden probably is the next best outside of Dylan Brown. Um, obviously, you know he he did break the Queensland Cowboys uh, time trial record, which you know you've probably got to chuck on another seven eight points just in terms of value, just with that sheer magnitude. And then he also signed the contract, so that's probably going to take him down three or four points because he's you know got the bag. So it's like you know it's counterintuitive. You've got to balance out. Is it vibes? Is it training the house down? I don't know, but I am keen on Tom Dearden, which is strange. Yeah, look, and I think that he could be somebody like those hookers that I was talking about, somebody that you could get there. I don't think he's going to play Origin again this year, despite how well he plays. Um, and I hope he's not listening. Um, oh, I yeah, I just don't. Huge fan of the show. <laughs> yeah, big, big fan. I saw him filling up fuel the other day, but I think that, I can't see him making the origin team. I think at 590k, he is going to get you 590k value, which I don't see. Like, I, I think we're going to be riding the ups and downs of a Matt Burton. I think Luke Brooks isn't a I good think, option. I think 590k think, value at, at the worst, to be honest. I think that's, I don't think he goes any worse than what he's priced at. I think he, and he only kicks on. And I. And I don't want to sound like I'm sitting on the fence, but I have got 500K in the bank with this. So if KO Weeks isn't going to be playing footy, then I can just get a Tom Dearden. Um, if Jaden Campbell isn't going to be playing fullback and he goes back to that utility role, he's just going to be upgraded to a uh, to a mid-range bloke or Pappy's going to go up to an absolute gun. Like I've given myself the flexibility. This was my first draft. And I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but... As we go into the centers, I just wonder whether Dom Young could be an absolute gun on the Roosters. I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit of recency bias, but Newcastle do, aren't that do, good of a team. Sydney are do great. We have to, do we have to see something from the Roosters, though? Because I feel like every year for the past four years, we're like, fuck, man, the Roosters got like the second best team on paper. And like by round four, everyone's like, fuck, man, Trent Robinson's going to get sacked. Like, I feel like we've got to see something from the Roosters for, for Dom Young to be like him. And I have a massive stiffy for Dom Young because when I first started like the SC Whisperer thing, like he was the very first player profile I did. I was like, this kid is coming from the UK. He's big. He's raw. He's going to be good. Just give him time. And like, he was good. I've, so I've always got a soft spot for him. Um, but I just worry like with the, and I, I fall into it all the time too. When Betar had that like hundred to one promo last year, I was like, cool, I'm going to put 10 bucks in the Roosters. They're a yeah, lock. I did the same. Go back, back, back. Me too. That's not going to happen. And they just suck. And it's like, do we have to see more from them? I've also got a bit of liquid courage in me, so I'm talking more smack than usual. But do we have to I remember, see... I remember my first beer. 
<laughs> it feels like it, man. I, I don't drink that often. But do we have to see something from the Roosters? Because every year, February rolls around. They sign Brandon Smith. They sign, I don't know, another good player. And they're like, oh, well, the Roosters are back, baby. And by round five, they're two and three. And everyone's like, well, is Trent Robinson actually really that good? Or was he just carried by a good team? I think Dom Young will be great at the Roosters. I just want to see, you know, I just want to see it because we're paying like 650K for the bloke. Um, would would I be surprised if he scored 15 tries in 10 rounds? Absolutely not. Would I be surprised if he scored My- two tries after 10 rounds because the Roosters, because James Tedesco just doesn't pass the ball? Also probably not. Yep. That is exactly what I was about to say. Like Tedesco regressing naturally over the next couple of years means that you know, we, we know that Tedesco's never been that kind of out and out sweep cut out to the winger kind of fullback. The guy runs the ball more often than he passes it, and that's, you know, knowledge. And the six and the, the um, six and seven aren't, like, necessarily him either. Like, yeah, Sam Walker might throw a cool Harbour Bridge ball once in every five plays, but Luke Keery isn't going to set you up for, you know, a million tries in a season as he's getting older and older as well. So, I mean, right. yeah, Father Time's undefeated and Teddy is getting older and older. Um, yeah, Matrix yeah, that's has, my has walked out. He, he, he can't stand the Dom Young slander, so he's just left. But, like, <laughs> are you worried about this Roosters backline with Teddy as the focal point? Yeah, a little bit. I am a little bit. And I mean, he's not going to go anywhere, is he? Teddy's going to hang around until he retires there. He's not going to go somewhere else. So no, I and, think, and, you know, that's... that. Like, I'm not saying that's going to oh, be dropped. Like, he's, he's earned that, yeah. 100%. Matty? I think that... Yeah, I just think Dom Young could... Like, Sue Lee, he scored really well. He had those base stats. He didn't get that opportunity in Newcastle. And I think that he could just... Like, he wants to be a rooster. Um, he got the bag in Sydney, and maybe yeah, I'm but just will, reading but will into the Joey narrative. Will Joey Manu want but... to pass him the ball? <laughs> like that's also another Probably thing not. you have to consider. <laughs> like you've got you've got <laughs> glue hands Sinesco, and if by some fucking miracle reason Sinesco does pass to Manu, you've then got another 100 to one shot of Manu flicking it off. Dom Young's a finisher. Get him in for a triple every week. So he just has to go up in the air, and they've got to kick to his corner probably four or five times a game for him to be a chance. Oh, that's Which the they play. could you do, Dom being like Dom Young. Hundred percent. Yeah, the guy's huge. Um, but look, I love talking about Dom Young. I didn't anticipate talking did, about like, Dom Young say, as much. To, I didn't expect a fifteen-minute um segment on Dom Young, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't expect us to talk about Talakai as much in your chat. But like, no, these no. are placeholders, and it's more like I'm gonna go like a Dom Young, a Talakai, a Karaz. I really like Karaz still with his base stats um, coming yeah. back healthy. Um, it's like kind of like Hammer this year again. Like I got proved so wrong with Hammer so Tabuai Fado that I feel like I owe it to him just to just to get him in there because I think that he can be really good. Obviously, I'm turned off by the fact that he's going to play Origin and maybe it's a um, – Maybe I should just get a Herbie, speaking of people that are training the house down at the moment. Oh, the guy the looks rig, like an absolute Adonis out there. selections are off the charts this preseason. Herbie looks unreal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and, people, and people, then, say, people say, oh, well, don't read too much in the photos. Do we all remember that Sean Johnson photo from last year? Bloke looked, yep. looked <laughs> diced and he you know, had the best season of his career. So I'm not saying there's a correlation, but you know, Herbie is looking, looking shredded. There is a correlation. And Let's run with it. And I'm and I'm not sure about Braino's team, but I would rather add a Herbie or a Hammer than a Tuivasa Sheck, who I've seen in a lot yeah. of teams at the moment. Yeah, two of and I'd really just... like to dis- discuss him. Go, okay, go cool. for it, Braino. You first. No, I just 
I mean, he hasn't played in the in the NRL for what a couple of years um, as a as a minimum. Like it's a different game than the Union. I think coming back over, it's going to take him a while to find his feet. Yes, he's back home in New Zealand, and that's all well and good. But his, his best position was always fullback. Uh, then he was on the wing, and he did really well on the wing for the Roosters before he transitioned to fullback. But centre's a completely different position. So I'm, I'm feeling like he's just not going to get as much opportunity. Could be a bit of a Herbie Farnworth role, I guess, for, for Tuovasashek. But you've got Chance Nickel Klockstad, who was, has developed a really nice combination down the right-hand side with Sean Johnson. And I don't know whether they're going to move away from that too much. I feel like they're probably still going to use the same plays they used last year. They're going to get to their wing. The, the priority will be to get to their wingers. Um, you know, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak had a career year. So, like, why go away from what went incredibly well this year to just because you brought Roger Tuovasa-Shek back in, you don't have to change absolutely everything you've done at New Zealand? So, for me, and, and by the way, I think he's kind of overpriced in terms of what we've seen as well. I, I just think there's so many better value options that are a little bit cheaper rather than him. And, and look, don't get me wrong, if he drops back down in price, yes, he's absolutely a look around the 400 mark, but definitely not in the, you know, high 500s. Josh, what do you think? What I'm trying to do is pull up um, his stats from when he was last in the NRL. And I am a few beers deep to doing this. So he's priced oh, at six number average, sevens. Yeah, yeah. He's priced at an average of 53. Um, and playing fullback, he he went 60, 57, 71, 59, 67. So that's at fullback. Um, so he's priced at a 53 playing center in a side that loves to use their wingers. Um, yeah, I just, I'm not, I mean, if he plays this like Joey Manu role where he's like getting his hands on the ball as much as chance, then yeah, I mean, cool. But I think it's, I think RTS is a guy that I want to see, you know, three, four games on, um, even in the trials. Like if, if he's there, you know, ball playing and chance is just like being a passenger. Yeah. I mean, I'll jump on RTS over like Dylan Lucas because the upside's there, but I'm just, I know the Warriors have a good team. I'm always worried about a second season syndrome. I've said this a couple of times. Um, and RTS, yeah, like like Brano said, if he was like 400K, then he'd be like 50% owned. But I would yeah. not be surprised to see round one rolls around RTS owned by like 17.5%, 18 percent of the game. And it's just like, why? Like, and like I said, clip this if it's, if it's wrong. But if he's playing a, a, a roaming role like Manu, then of course, but you know, I want to see more from him. Rugby is a very, very different game. And yeah, I just, I just want to see something. Like, I'm not keen to pay 550k for a volatile position in centre where RTS could score 13 points in one game and then come out and score 90 the next. Like, I just, I'd rather do that for you know a cheaper guy like a like a Taruva last year or a Paul Alamotti that had like his his highs and lows. I don't want to be paying 500k for that. Yeah, and I think. Um... If you have a look, like the Warriors had their best year, what, since like 2012? Yeah. I went to the grand final when they played Manly, I think. Um, they're not going to go away from a Sean Johnson, a Chance Nickel Clockstad, a hitting Dallin with Tennis Lesniak every opportunity they get because, you know, RTS wanted to come home. RTS will be great. He's definitely a better center than they had last year. But RTS, yeah, look, RTS I'm not going to pay up straight he's away. Also not a, he's also not a diva. Like, RTS isn't going to walk in and be like, oh, I need 40 touches a game. Like, he'll be like, bro, if we get the win, sick. Up the wires. Like, yeah. I don't think he's going to be someone that demands the ball. So I think he's, he's very much going to fit into a system. And if we're sitting here in round six being like, fuck, boys, RTS is averaging 65. Let's all buy him. I'll, I'll 
happily admit that I'm wrong. But like right now, based off the data that we have, I just I just can't get around it. Um, one guy I have been looking at, and I know you just mentioned him, uh, Paul Alamotti. Um, I just think that if he gets that role, I think he was pretty good at the Bulldogs last year, um, coming into the Panthers system. If we look at the preseason and he has a role in the Panthers, I think that he could be really good. Absolutely. If he, if he has a role, absolutely. I'm just worried. Well, I'm just wondering where that role is. Um I think, I think that's, is that rumor, correct me if I'm wrong, with that they said they were going to potentially play him through the middle of the field? Yeah. Oh, that's hot. Because, yeah, I mean, that's... Spencer Lenu moving on creates that opportunity there where you could get Paul Alamotti in the middle of the field off the bench. Um, like, so, and oh, and I like, have seen that, like that somewhere. In that, that, in that Jamin Salmon role? Yeah, that'd that'd be be ideal. that's why he's gone. That's hot. So I there's a around. couple I, of I spots opening up there. I can't get around. To, I can't get around the bench utility for four hundred and fourteen k. But if I can get around him for you know two hundred and fifty when he bottoms out, like I think he's a guy we could be. If that, if that's true, I mean that that makes me quite hot and heavy under the collar, um, because Jamin Salmon, no disrespect, he's you know, no well beater. Um, but Paul Almonte, yeah, you were right. Like he was good at times last year. I think he was exposed in a poor bulldog side, being nineteen or whatever he was. Um, but yeah, if he like come around eight, if he's like bottomed out and he's playing like thirty minutes off the bench, thirty forty minutes off the bench. Um, similar to like my boy Jake Granville, but just much better. Then absolutely, like I'm Good. keen for it. And he's, you know, the beauty of center wing is you've got three bench spots. It's the most deep. It's the, the deepest position. You've got seven options there. Um, so he's a guy you could have as your seventh center wing that's putting up 35 points, and you paid 230k for him. Come round eight, I would be starting with him because I'm just not sure where the role comes. But you know, for whatever reason, if Garuva gets injured or, or Talon May doesn't come back uh, as best as he could because we know Tango and, and To'o are locks. But yeah, I mean, Paul Alamotti is a guy that could just definitely step in there and I wouldn't be surprised to see him average 55 in this Panthers, in this Panthers side. Yeah, and I think that there's three guys that I want to talk about. Um, it's Staggs. Um, I think that he could have a little it's bit of Staggs, a better it's year. It's Mariner, it's Walsh, it's Arthurs. It's, 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 it's just the get... back line. It is, and and I do want to bring it up. And the other one is Talagi. I think that he had a good year, you know, got the opportunity with Queensland last year. Um, I don't want to rub it into you blokes, but he was really good. And I, I hate the Cowboys, to be completely honest. But I think Talagi at 470K is probably pretty good value. I know the upside comes actually, from tries. I was actually really keen on him at the preseason last year just because I was like, oh, well, he's just a cheap Brian Toe. And it didn't really materialize because the Cowboys stuck, uh, sunk, uh, sucked for the first, you know, 10 weeks until they put 70,000 points on the Tigers and then they kicked in the gear. Um, but, you know, I was, I was keen on him last year. He was priced, you know, he was more expensive last year and I was keen on him. So there's no reason for me not to, to turn my nose up at, at the Tuolagi shout. Absolutely. Um, I think the Cowboys, you know, they have to be better. They can't be any worse than what they started mm-hmm. off last year. What do you think, Brainer? Yeah, no, I agree. Not much more else to add. I, I agree on the point. Um, you got Kyle Lero on the bench, though. You're not starting him. Is that like genuine offense to Josh? Because like you like got a stiffy for him, and you've just thrown him on the bench as his seventh center wing. I just need to chuck in a 200k cheapie, and I had like in our group chat, like Josh just wouldn't shut up about this. It's just it's two thirty in the morning. I'm just sending you Kyle Lero. <laughs> <laughs> it's three a.m. and I must be lonely. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Just watching Carly Rowe. Um, but yeah, I think I yeah. think I've I've spunked I've spunked enough over him. Um, and we had that you know big Talakai chat. Um, 
but yeah, talk to me about, about Jaden Campbell. Obviously, um, you know, really good price. And by the sounds of it, Brumo will move into the centers and, and JC will play fullback. I mean, JC was electric at fullback last year. No disrespect to Brumo, but they just look like a different side with him there. Do you think Des helps? Like, because that's, you know, Des is, <laughs> the Des factor is real. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that that helps. I think just Brimo playing in the centers and Campbell just being a fullback, and he is a fullback. He's not really a utility. He's not really a 5'8". I think just Campbell being a fullback, when they signed him, and it was only mid-year that they signed him last year, I thought, what the fuck are they doing? And this can be the only solution, is Brimo in the centers, Campbell at, at fullback, um, it just has to be with the way that they've structured their team. And Campbell's great. And I like Kieran Foran. And I obviously, like, I sung the praises. If you had to put, you know, you talk about your guys. AJ Brimson and Hudson Jason Young were my guys last year. Like, if I had to talk about my guys, it's AJ Brimson and Hudson Young. They're the guys I punted on. Um, and, look, Jaden Campbell could be my guy this year. And you know what I'm really excited? Oh, actually, no. I'm, firstly, I'm disappointed because Jaden Campbell not playing at 5'8 means I can't just go and go anytime try scorer on the right edge back rower running at him every single week. So that's a little bit disappointing for my, for my, for my <laughs> sports bet account. Um, but I, I think it's a good thing for the Titans. The guy can't play 5'8. He just gets picked on in, in defense. He's too small. So I think he, um, he's, his spot is fullback. If you need him in this team, he needs to play fullback. So, yeah, I, I'm on board for that. I think I've got him in my fantasy team from memory. I just don't have him in Supercoach. Yeah, he's in my fantasy team as well. There you go. Um, I've also got some property, so you know they're not a correlation. <laughs> don't don't sit here and think that we we like one player. Overall, Nothing at all. So, yeah, I uh, I'll quickly. Jaden Campbell. I'll quickly move through my team. A couple of differences, I guess, uh, that I'll touch on because we've we've covered the majority. But I've, I've got Harry Grant at hooker, and the pure reason for this is because during the season last year, he burnt me so hard. I, I, I remember that it was just before the the Origin period. I, first of all, got him in around round five or six, um, thinking, fuck, I just need to get this bike. He's hurting me too much. And then he went 30, 40, 30 or something like that when right. I bought him. You're preaching, preaching to the choir. I traded him out, and then he just turned back into Harry Grant. Um, and then he went on a run again, leading into Origin. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to get him back in. There's no point now getting him in before Origin. And then he went still outscored Damian Cook through that Origin period playing four less games. And I thought, you know what? Yep. This is the year now, 2024, and you can quote this. I am He will be maybe one of the only players that stays in my team the whole year. I don't give a fuck. How mu- how he much, can stay how in much, through Origin. How much do you shit yourself Teamless Tuesday when he's named it at 14 and you know, Bronze and Garlic's at nine? Yeah, I mean, look, it's Bronson Garlic. I'm not really worried about that. If they brought in a better bench hooker, maybe I'd be a bit more concerned. But uh, he was good enough off the bench, I think, last year. Oh, yeah, he was in, great. in certain it's scenarios. That, that, that psychological factor of being like, yeah. fuck, my, my nearly 800K hooker is named in 14. Yeah, and then he goes out, scores two tries, and just runs a mark and fucking scores 130 and yeah, buries yeah, my season. Exactly. So, exactly. Um, um, I see you paid, you paid up for, for pain as well. Like, is this just another thing of you being like, I'm just, I need that set and forget front row forward. What you'll notice with my team, aside from two RF, I've got like one real kind of solid primo per position. And I, th- I feel like that's kind of the way I've always played super coach is I've always gone with maybe tr- the best option that I can find per position. And then I've worked my cash around 
to try and find some other cheaper mid-range options basically to make it work. So Harry Grant's the, the primo hooker. Payne Haas is my primo front rower. I actually initially was playing around with trying to get Tino in my team, but that extra 40, 50K or whatever it is uh, above Haas, I just can't justify paying that extra money for Tino just for the two RF duel. I feel like Haas well, is Tino, just going to be Tino's solid value. Also, Tino's also got both mod that's come back in. Um, yep. Payne Haas has lost has lost Flegler as well. Like I know it's small things like that, but they're the differences. But just going back to your point of like one primo per position, I think we we touched on this at the start of the episode. That like you know, barring form and injuries, will you like yeah, just by based off pedigree and if and if form wasn't a factor and we just you know move averages from last year to this year, at the end of the year, do you have Harry Grant, Payne Haas, Dylan Brown, Nico Hines, Jamana Sarko, Callum Ponga? And the answer is probably yes. So there's, yep. you know, six guys you don't have to move on and there's six trades that you save. So um, I think we've all sort of I structured think, our team. I think Matt, Matrix may have structured his team a little bit differently. He's sort of gone a little bit little more mid, mid, mid heavy, but he does have half a mil in the bank. Uh, but you and I, you know, we've got those those guys where it's like, you know, barring injury in form, we're not just, we're not going to move them on. Yeah, and you don't need to. And I, I think a lot of people panicked last year when it was the first year of uh, buy every week. And, you know, a lot of us, myself included, probably looked into that a little bit too much and, and started to look at, oh, fuck, this person's got to buy in round three. Maybe I'll wait till round four. The Nico Hines yeah. effect where we waited for him to come back round four. I faded him and it fucking Because round, round four me. happens. You've got one suspension, yep. one HIA, two people that have been yep. arrested, and you have to boost. And you're like, well, fuck, now my, now my plan's been ruined. Like, plan... Yep. Don't plan without them, plan with them and, and around them. So like, for example, if Nico Hines had a buy in round four, it's like, oh, cool. Well, like Caesar's a fine play for one week, but it's not like, yeah, oh, I'm going right. to wait until round four and pick him up. And then, you know, for whatever reason, yeah, no. something happens, Payne Haas gets suspended for six weeks and Harry Grant, you know, has got COVID or, you know, something like that happens <laughs> when you plan, your plans are just back, back laid. So it's, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Yeah, what you it's mean. a good point. Yep. Uh, in the second row, I uh, so firstly in the front row, I've got Davy Mowali, I've got Spencer Lenyu there as well. I, I mean, I've, I've played around a little bit with my front row. I can fit Fletcher Baker in instead of Spencer Lenyu, and it saves me a little bit of money, so I don't hate that. Um, so I can play around Davey. there, but I, the same thinking, I guess, with Flegler and Haas from from both of you, they're they're in your respective teams, so I won't I won't echo that. Uh, and the second row is very similar as well. I've got Kickow, Furmore, uh, Sean Lane. I think they're all kind of no brainers. Uh, Josh Curran as well. Uh, I've got Kobe Hetherington there because I, I mean, because I've gone so heavy or maybe a little bit heavier in, in a couple of positions, especially center wing, uh, I've paid up as, as much as I have for Jermaine Asako. I needed to kind of cut a little bit of cash somewhere. So you've got six of those 400k mid-range guys in your two RF, Maddie, and, and I've only got four of them. Uh, I had to free up cash with the GOAT, Jack Howarth. Um, so I'm sure he'll be 700k and, and you'll be looking to get him in in around four or five. Can, can I ask you both something and... Look, I'll start with Josh on this one. If you had to have David Fafita or Tino to start the year next year, um, you, you had to pay up for a primo, regardless of cash. I know there's only 40K difference. Would you Do you want to start the year with Fafita or Tino in your second row? Based off, cir- based off circumstances, because we don't know where Fafita's playing, I would take Tino. If you told me yeah. Fafita was fit for round one and he was playing on the left, I would take Fafita. But because Fermor's back in the equation and for context with the unknownness of how much fitness Fafita's going to have, I would take Tino. Exactly my thinking. Exactly the same thing. And look, there's a very real chance potentially that Fafita moves back to the right because Bo Forma was awesome on the left-hand side uh, the year before last. So maybe they move him back. Maybe Fafita's a little bit more flexible and can play both sides. We know Fafita was... 
Yeah. Two years yeah. ago. Yep. Yeah. And like, but like he was the argument. And we were making the argument in the preseason last year that the Fafita Tanner Boyd combo because they went to high school together and all you know oh, all that kind of I shit that started too. to come up. Yeah, yeah, we all bought into that because we thought it was a good scenario for us to get Fafita in in the preseason, and uh, you know it and didn't obviously play and out. And then Fafita went down, and Fafita just played on the left. And we're like, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, on the left outside, Kieran Foran, and then we started frothing that narrative. So, like, it, you know, you, you'll make anything. Fafita just turned into 2005 Tim Smith and was just putting triceps <laughs> on the plate for AKP. Like he was, he was unreal ball playing last year. Was, but yeah, I think based off context and and the unknownness yep. of Des and. Bofemore is just a very meat and potatoes footballer who will just do his job. I would just take Tino because it's Tino, yeah. and he does yeah. have the. Job, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a small factor, um, and and maybe not even that. That's the second row forward primo that you'd go for over like a Yo and Olakuatu, a Britain Nicara, a Paddy Carrigan. We're not touching those blokes, are we? None of those guys really stand out. Like, there's no two RF primo that like really jumps out like obviously it would be for feeder if like I said, if we knew he was playing on the left and he was like locked in but if we just filter by like averages last year it's for feeder tino and then hopgood but hopgood he still had his you know issues there was a run there for about six weeks where hopgood looked like he was sort of done as like an elite guy but matto got the flu um joe off he got injured uh andrew davy got cut or whatever but like yeah, like there was times where Hopgood like wasn't established as a great guy. Um, Nicara averaged 70, but I don't love starting with a guy that's priced at his absolute best. That's a very high impact guy. Yo is very much just like Silverside. Like, you know, your mum says, oh, we're having Silverside. You're like, oh, it's not bad. It's it's fine. And then like Hamole, he's just signed that fat contract. So it's like, you know, is he going to be just like, cool, well, I've got the bag for eight years. And then Pat Carrigan, you know, how much does his role decrease if he does move to the front row forward? So there's all these primo guys to our ref this year that are just like a little bit, you know, unknown. That's that's the concern. Hamole's like a good Sean Lane is probably my best explanation. Of that. <laughs> that's an interesting one. Okay, I haven't heard that before. But I guess um, I guess back, back to the back to the less vibes shout in terms of like pure like data on tour refs. There's no like real primos that like are sitting there jumping out at me. It's not like there's a primo front row forward like. You know, Payne Haas and, and Tino were were so much better than. Oh, sorry, I'll I'll chuck AFB in there. But they were like ten points better than the rest. And there was, you know, Harry Grant was nearly ten points better than Damian Cook. Halfback, you know, Cleary and Hines are so much better than the rest. You know, Dylan Brown was five points better than Munster. Like there's every other position. There's you know so much better. But two RF, it's just like they're just all grouped together. And can I get a guy that's going to average sixty five? Like like a Teague Wilton last year, who was like 430K that just came out and averaged 65 to start the year. I feel like there's more, there's much more opportunity there at 2RF than there is at any other position. Yeah. And that 430 guy last year for us was Murata Niakore. And we, I think we both bought into that to start the season a, for him. Another great guy. Like there was yep. every year, like there's, there's no one at 2RF that isn't dead defeated. That's an out and out edge. Like Tino's a bit of a hack because he's playing in the middle, but like there's no out and out to our, to our, to RF edge this year that's being like, I'm going to average 80 points and you need to have me. Yep. Yeah, completely agree. Um, we'll quickly move through my halfbacks 5.8. Look, I'm probably going to move Sullivan to Caesar. It makes sense. You, you've made a pretty compelling argument there. So I'll, I'll probably move him in. But I mean, Jaden Sullivan did a pretty good job when he, uh, you know, he had the starting gig for a very short period of time at the Dragons. So 
Uh, I didn't mind his game. He's got the dual 5'8 halfback as well, which is handy, but so does Caesar. So if Caesar's going to have the goal kicking, that clinches it for me. So Nico Hines for me, though, I'm on the same argument. I think whoever you see in trials week one, or not even week one, probably trials week two, because I'll play the real team. Whoever lines up with the T, that's who you start with the Tigers. They're both the same price. Um, And yeah, it'll be be Sullivan or Caesar for, for myself. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. It's just a Tigers half that'll line up there for me. They're kind of the same price as well. So, uh, and the argument about Dylan Brown, we were talking about the draw as well. And, um, you know, we've looked into it a little bit and it just seems like most of the other five eights in the competition at the moment just have a really shit draw, you know? So, uh, I mean, when we look at Parramatta's start to the season, if I can find it, fucking tiny. They start against it's the Bulldogs, which is great. It's just, it's just the best of the rest, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just the best of a bad bunch, isn't it? They play the Panthers in round two, which isn't obviously a great matchup. They've got Manly in round three, uh, which we consider to be an ordinary matchup, but fuck, it just depends which Manly team's going to turn up. And then you've yeah. got four games in a row from round four to seven where they play the Tigers, the Raiders, the North Queensland Cowboys, and the Dolphins. So that's a just, nice just little one, run of games there. One quick thing, boys, and I know this out off the top yep. of my head. Um, over nine games, uh, Dylan Brown's played the Panthers nine times. He averages 70 as an average score. So even against the Panthers, it's not a not a bad, you know, little average form. It's a nice little number. Asako, is it just is it just the draw? Yeah, essentially. Look, uh, I mean we your 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 point is relevant about second year syndrome and um I, I think from what we saw from him last year that the the thing for me is we haven't seen a ton change for the Dolphins. If anything, I probably feel like they get a little bit better. Um, so yeah, for me, I, I feel like maybe the, yeah, they, yeah. yeah, that's right. So they, they got more opportunity. He's probably going to get better. Ball, more goal. Gonna have a, yeah. Sean O'Sullivan's going to have a full preseason. So that combination will be there. You know, Isaiah Cartola yep. will you know, get better, get it better with a year. So yeah, the Dolphins have improved. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and look, don't get me wrong. If you, if you said I needed to get a certain player, I needed to free up a certain amount of cash. He's probably the first one out of everyone I've talked about that has to go. Um, I'm, I'm much higher on every other primo in, in the game. And obviously it's center wing. So it's a little bit volatile in terms of him playing on the wing. You just don't know how he's going to go, but fuck last year, he was 300 points clear of the second best center wing in the game. So, you know, when you, when you look at those numbers, he averaged 76.7, 1,841 total points last year. Marju was second with 1,540. So like when, when you look at that, he's, out and out the best center wing in the game. And he did have the fullback duel last year, which was fantastic. And he doesn't have that this year, but I don't really think that matters too much for me. And I think, you know, you, you've got Toto at what, 720. So I've got to pay an extra 60 K to get to Azarko. but the draw in combination with the fact they get better is probably the reason I'm picking. And the fact that he uh, goal kicks as well, he still has a good work rate um, and all that. 100%. And if Asako does go two or three deck games without a try, the draw is good enough to make up for that, you know, with the goal kicking as well. So yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, uh, basically, I don't, I don't hate it because then that that draw is really good. I think they have an early buy to contend with, but um, once you get past that, it's still pretty smooth sailing. Yeah. Um. The, the majority of the center wings I've got similar to you guys. I've got Savage. I've got Hero. I've got Benny Turbo. I've got Harley Smith Shields at the moment. I mean, a couple of placeholders for me. Far Longo was awesome for the Storm in round twenty-seven, and this is more of a little bit of a love pick for me. Uh, I reckon the guy's super talented. I don't know whether he starts, though, to start the year. I think they're probably going to stick with guys like Remus Smith. But if there is a yeah, person that's going to drop out of this team with Justin Olam potentially moving on that with that trade deal that they're going to do with the Tigers, that might open up a spot for Far Logo. Yeah, that was so, the, the question that I was going to ask you because, you know, two weeks ago it was it was Far Logo or, or Pappenhausen because you can't yeah. have both. But if Olam does move on and Far Logo does get the center spot, you're pretty happy to pay the 340 for him? Or do you yeah. feel like it's a yeah, Remus yeah. Smith thing? Because I feel like every year we were like, oh man, Remus Smith is 340K, but he's been 340K for 
Colts three years in a row. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like Fowler every single preseason. Good. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. my point. Uh, I was about to say every single preseason, I feel like I just say, fuck Remus Smith. How does this guy keep playing football? He's just fucking ordinary. He's just terrible. And uh, I think I feel the same about him again this year. So I'm, I'm hoping that either one of him or if this Olam deal works out, hopefully Farlogo gets a crack. And then, you know, Pappenhausen at the back makes a bit of a difference as well for his outside men. So I'm really hoping that that will play a factor if, if Pappy's healthy rather than a Nick Meany out the back didn't help Remus Smith as much as Remus Smith didn't help Remus Smith most of the season either. Um, yeah, I think it makes a difference with Pappy. I have a question for you boys because we, all three of us have him. Pappenhausen's named around one. Awesome. Amazing. Uh, but Craig Bellamy says, oh, you know, we're not keen for him to goal kick straight away. Uh, oh, interesting. If he's I mean, it just depends. Right. Surely he's right foot's all right. Yeah, well, don't play logical. I'm just curious. Like, I'm just curious. If for whatever reason, I think I'll still they don't it. have him goal kicking straight away and it does go to Nick Meany, are you still keen to pay the, the 630K for him? I think I still am. Because yeah. I think his attacking upside is, is still fine um, to match that, and the goal kicking will come back eventually. I think the big leap, unfortunately, between Pappenhausen and the next best fullback option is too far. I think you're, you're going to want like, Drinky Ponga not, are the not, two. Yeah, it's not worth the 200k. I don't think. No, but what you like could do better, is you could drop an Eero or a Far Longo or a Savage down to your reserve fullback, and you could get another decent center wing in. So you, you've got that option there as well if you really wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think Drinky, um, Turbo, you know, whoever, name, name your eight hundred k center. They are probably better than Pappenhausen, but are they two hundred k better? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maddie, sorry, you go. Yeah, I just like if I was going to fade something, if like you look at all these team previews and they've all got Pappy sitting there. If I was going to fade anything. It could be that Pappy starts the 2024 year with three thirties. And if you've spent up, like, that's why I'm sitting there with 500K. And we're probably going to do it, you know, a little bit of a team preview every couple of weeks at the moment. And my team is going to change immensely. But if I was getting spicy with my picks, I think Pappy's too much of a no brainer to fade to start the year. But if I found myself at 20 sets, 20,000th at round one and I was trying to move up in the ranks, it would be fade Pappy because he could just get 30 for the first three weeks. That's not unimaginable. Yeah, and and, and the, the, the Melbourne draw isn't like pick me. Like it's not, not amazing. And Melbourne weren't overly uh, impressive last year in terms of the standard that they hold themselves to as well. So completely agree. Completely agree. It could be a very spicy fade, but it could be one of those ones that puts you in the top hundred or, you know, if you miss out on him, it could put you 50,000th. So uh, it's, I think it's one of those moves that goes either way. But um, it's, it's a bit early to start talking about that. But um, guys, that's our teams. All teams done. First thoughts. Um, you know, we've given a bit of an insight. Well, not a bit. We've, we've talked for an hour and 40 minutes about what we think about the initial drafts, the prices, the players, and, and everything else. Any, any final thoughts I'll throw over to you boys before we wrap this one up? Matty, do you want to, have you got anything to add? Look, it's just that you need to get a uh, Flegler in your team, to be honest. <laughs> so he's your guy this year, right? <laughs> he's him. Flegler is I, I don't know. It, it might even be like a Lachlan Croker or something in hooker, and I just see him sitting there and how would I say? Like, I, I love barbecuing. Lachlan Croker could just marinate all year. 
Yeah, good. I don't, I don't know whether you want to keep something marinating for a full year though. Like, wouldn't you want to eat it eventually? Like, are you going to trade Lock and Croker out? That's the equivalent of eating him. Probably. I'm just going to leave him there. <laughs> are, are we going Honey to hear? Uh, are we going to hear another? Another Sunny Luke is going to come off the bench and play 60 minutes, and everyone's going to fall in love with him again. That yeah, I just got a shiver down my spine when I heard that. <laughs> no, oh, Sorry. I missed no. February 2023 preseason hypes were, were off the train. I remember Stefano. Yeah. I think Stefano scored a try in the, in the trials, and we're like, "Fuck, man, Stefano's back, 60 point average." Yeah. Here we go. And he, he made not... origin somehow. Yeah, good on him. Good on him for, for doing thing. it. But pretty rough. Good thing New South Wales. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Hopefully we improve. Helping a brother. The Tigers, the Tigers yeah. had two players in Origin, and we and we came rock bottom. Okay, well, <laughs> nice. We'll be better this year. It's all good. And you know, I've got a friend now that I can talk to about the Tigers, and we can gang up on the, the so Broncos. We're so back, baby. That's good. 100%. Guys, that'll do, I reckon. Um, you know, first pod, we'll, we'll be coming to you weekly over the next probably, what, four to five weeks up until Australia Day to start doing some team previews. So we'll start talking through what we think lineups are going to look like. We'll talk you through the options that we like, the pods, uh, the guys we think are going to take off, maybe the ones to fade to start the season. So there'll be a lot of good chat there. Uh, and then we'll start moving into two posts or two, sorry, podcasts a week, uh, getting closer to the season. So looking forward to that. And if you do have any questions about your team, pick a team, drop them in the comments. We'll cover them. Um, but otherwise, make sure to hit subscribe, hit like if you like the content, hit follow if you are listening on audio. And uh, we'll be coming to you in another week for the next episode. But until then, you've been listening to the Insight NRL show. We'll catch you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.